0: I've lived a thousand lives, I've a thousand souls, I've killed and fought and died, just for another goal.
1: This is the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world.
2: There we go. Yeah. yeah, I just had to open up properties and redo it. Hey, everybody. Let's hey. start that again. Are there hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Season 32, Episode 11. I'm Inge. I'm Pooja. I'm Kaneem. And I'm Adam. And we're going to be decking around here today. Yep. what we do. I don't know what move that was. (laughs) Happy Jacks. (laughs) It was uh, the Breakfast Club dance. (laughs) A little. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In today's episode, Steve in SoCal asks what PC backstories work best. I have Mm. thoughts on that. Mm. Um, I have deep feelings. Dougler wants to keep players from talking over each other. And Bjerk from DC asks about the weirdest games we've played. Should be a good one. No,
3: um, those are for life. lying.
2: Right. He was there for some of I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> If you'd like to contribute a question or story to the show, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We need emails. Send them in. Announcements. JackerCon, our annual community-run online gaming extravaganza, was a massive success. Over 15 games were run over a dozen different TTRPG systems, including... <laughs> Trophy, the Black Tower, PBTA, Mage, High Caster, L5R, Traveler, and more. Thank you to the JackerCon High Council for getting it all together, Jackalope for keeping the Discord bots in line, those damn bots, and all the GMs and players who made it such a success. See you at next year's JackerCon. Yeah,
3: So much kudos to the person who ran Traveler's as a woodshot.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that was... Yeah, you just make characters, I, and then they have I, like a ten minute story. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I would do a traveler one shot of just making characters. <laughs> yes. I have I mean, before actually. For yeah.
3: Sure. that I mean, actually sounds like a older great one. Yeah. You can because they'll die during character creation. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. Especially there's, if you're stork. Here's all the drama you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to run something, but uh, it's been really crazy week. <laughs> do we have updated our Patreon? We are changing to a monthly subscription model instead of a per creation model. If you are a current Patreon, you must log into your account and update your settings. happyjacksorg slash Patreon. We've also added a bunch of new tiers that offer a number of perks. Access to the long-lost advice show backlog. Opportunities to game with Happy Jack's hosts. A new Patreon-only show where we nerd out on geeky topics. Ooh, I signed up for some of those. I'm signed up for all of the Star Trek ones, yes, so yes. if you want my info... I'm like, I'm not qualified for most of these because I only kind of like everything.
4: Right. (laughs) Instead of (laughs) of a crossover. Yes. I've never let anyone's interest in my opinion be a deterrent to expressing it. (laughs) That is true. It is only to their benefit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have opinions about everything and I'd be happy to share them, (laughs) even if I don't know anything about it. (laughs) More Patreon perks. We
2: got actual play campaign debriefs. The first one will be for Unsung Tales. And we're recording this week. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah. Ah, so excited. And we never accept ad or sponsorship money. We'll fix that in post. So our Patreons are the ones who keep the lights on and the mini fridge full. And it is looking a little, uh, a little thin over there. All yeah, right. <laughs> so go to happyjags.org slash Patreon. And our Indie Designer of the Month is Allison, a.k.a. Draz, she, her. The website is drazillion.itch.io. That's D R A Z I L L I O N. This week's feature, Sue Superpowered. Super <laughs> Superpowered is a TT I read this earlier I love It's a TTRPG about Mary Sues and embracing the tropes associated with them unironically. <laughs> it engages being self-indulgent and shameless and having fun over all else. One player acts as the Sue supervisor, the <laughs> game's <laughs> facilitator. All other players must act as the sues themselves. To play, you only need six-sided dice, a means to record information, and a willingness to approach the concept of Mary Sues with sincerity. And it's only a three bucks on itch.io. And now we're on to our mailbag. Unless okay. anybody wants to talk about that stuff. So. I will also point out it's not an official tier level thing for
5: Patreon, but. My new Happy Jacks game that is coming up in the not super distant future—it's going to be the Blade Runner RPG from For Free League Games. Oh damn! Oh, uh,
0: yeah.
5: Patreon members on the Discord, feel free to message me if you have an idea for a cool Blade Runner esque NPC that you might like to see appear in the game. Ooh! Um, you can—you don't have to worry about sending me stats and figuring out how to block out a character. None of that. Just a concept for like who this person is, what they kind of do. Like, a mm-hmm. bartender that has an off-kilter mohawk because they've got a <laughs> bold spot. I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, however you want to, whatever character you want. Than... Okay,
3: yeah. So, yeah.
4: This like is why
5: that, I for help, okay?
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just mean because I'm not in the game.
5: <laughs> I know, right? I don't even know who's in the game yet. Honestly, yeah. I, I, it, I'm going to submit
3: we a
2: character named Puja. <laughs> no. And I'm going
3: to const- Submit a character
2: named Adam. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. So, uh,
5: <laughs> so, Patreon folks on the Discord, feel free to send me a DM with just a blurb, a sentence, whatever you want to throw together. It can be more than that if you're really invested in somebody and you have this cool idea for a story. I may or may not get around to using them. If you make something very specific and the characters just never go to somewhere like that, uh, I'll do my best.
2: <laughs> it's kind of one of those things. But Interestingly... I brought this book. Oh, this week. <laughs> it's the Game Master's book of non-player characters. It's written by Jeff Ashworth. I think I can talk about it here. It's a nice, thick book. Adds the back says billions of possibilities, hundreds of characters. And they talk about nice. like they give you like some places for them for people to be. And then they give you cool things like secrets that they might have. Oh. Or you know, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Check it out. I don't know how Ooh. much it is or anything like that. It's completely <laughs> unplanned. <laughs> okay. I bought it a while back yeah. and I've been reading it for <laughs> a game that I have coming yeah. up. So And oh,
4: pointing out we don't do like sponsorships or placements here. Yeah. We mentioned yeah. something, it's because we really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was literally something I had yeah. in my backpack today. And I'm yeah. like, boy, everything <laughs> sure is heavier today.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gonna go to the mailbag. And because I have deep feelings on this subject. I'll take it if you don't mind. Okay. Unless somebody else wants to. Yeah, go for it. All right. Kimmy and the rest of the Happy Jacks crew.
5: Yay, and the rest. Woo-woo. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> We're <having> the
2: rest. <laughs> um, I was musing recently about the most mockable character background trope, that of the orphan with no ties to anyone. <laughs> While it's fair to poke at this and the stereotypical, overused, easy way out background, I think it bears a short conversation. If you think about it, why would a well-adjusted family person with a home, job, spouse, kids, loving parents, etc., risk it all to go potentially die fighting goblins in a dungeon or fly off on space adventures for weeks or months at a time or die during character creation? (laughs) Why would you do that? (laughs) I'd venture to say that most PCs probably should come with relatively few attachments or else they'd not be adventuring. Not to say that attachments are bad entirely, but would likely be limited. Some level of attachment, either from background or developed in-game, give great motivation. One, maybe you're fighting those goblins because they're threatening your home village. Two, maybe you're an itinerant space trucker to pay for Uncle Ned's dialysis. (laughs) Three, maybe you're embroiled in the criminal underworld because you made a deal to keep your younger sister out of that world. Conversely, if you start from a relatively normal background, whatever normal means to you, and have numerous close contacts and maybe even a stable job and place to live, why does your character adventure? Which is a question I always ask.
3: Sometimes suburban suburban (laughs) children just need to rebel. That's true.
2: (laughs) One, I liked the traveler character creation technique, which we were just talking about, pioneered by Tappy, if I recall. I have no idea if that's actually true where everyone rolls a mishap at the end of their last term just to give some motivation on why they aren't continuing on to a peaceful retirement. Two, as above, using threats to your home family friends may cause you to leave either to combat said threat or lure away the danger. I'm curious what techniques you use personally when generating characters and or apply to your players when GMing. What do you find is the sweet spot in terms of how attached a character should be to a locale or populace versus their level of wanderlust. I'll definitely say that the most satisfying gaming I've had was when the characters became attached to some town or NPCs and largely did their adventuring to safeguard those folks. However, it's also a recipe for paranoia and inaction. If you're always afraid that as soon as you leave home, your house will be burned down and your parents kidnapped by the big bad. (laughs) Many thanks, as always, for your time and consideration, Steve in SoCal. <laughs>
3: I felt the need to just like, as a person who's played a set of Traveler before on this channel, hmm. the Traveler retirement is like twenty-seven.
4: Yeah, <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> yeah, you're done pretty well, early. You can, I mean, at the same time,
5: I've had multiple people in games of Traveler I've run that are like. All right, time to go adventuring. <laughs> I'm I'm 87 years old.
3: It's been And I was the governor years. of a whole
5: colony. <laughs>
3: like what? What are you doing? Uh, you know,
2: things went sideways.
3: And now I'm
4: broken. Uh, yeah, all aboard the USS Shady Pines.
3: <laughs> right. You know what? Those retirement communities.
4: <laughs> it could be a wild time in there, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. That's where all this sexy traveler happens.
3: <laughs> exactly. That's uh, traveler nice. Right. Oh, yes.
4: <laughs> in space it's always it's nice. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you always need the heater on. <laughs>
2: uh, Just yeah. put
3: on a sweater, Gladys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everyone in space has a cool leather jacket. Right. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. God, Actually, one of the, the Alex, things yeah. I Go always ahead. ask all of my players is. Why does your character adventure? Why don't they stay home, yeah. raise pigs and spend evenings at the pub mm-hmm. with their family and it's up to them to figure that out, not me. Yeah. But I can
4: help them get there. I've played several of these like characters with nothing in their past attaching them before. It's kind of a I really like the not so much the I'm an orphan but the whole sort of raised by wolves kind of trope where yeah, like yeah. I have no societal connections except the people who like I'm with now who somehow saved me from my lack of social connection. And, and so for me, I use that as like a way to really bond with the like I'd like to play characters who desperately need the other people in the party. Cause yeah. I have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. But when I'm GMing, I really encourage players to add as as many kinds of connections as they can like have a little sister have an elderly parent or grandparent like have a pet like i want all of these things because those then give you stakes for the drama of your story and that's really exciting yeah and having those loose connections in your character's
2: backstory is it's a it's an act of vulnerability on that player's point and like like and I, we were talking last week after our game about how like we've been traumatized by former DMs and I've had those players <laughs> who are like, I have no family, never did. There's nothing yeah. that I care about. You can't mess with me. And yeah.
4: that's, you know, <laughs> those people have to be coached out of their shells. Right, yeah. You got to give them some trust and especially yeah. you when have somebody- to build trust. Yeah, when somebody hasn't done that a lot and you're a GM who lets that be a positive experience, you really have to like remind them, They're not going to die, just putting them in a little danger, which (laughs) is another great thing that you can check in with before the game. Is like, how much can
2: I mess with your family? Yeah, 100%. Well,
5: also, like the cozy cottage game of like, you kind of do adventuring stuff, but you live in your little village. Like, Mm -hmm. you're the guy that goes out and deals with the goblins or. The cattle rustler or whatever genre you're in.
2: Yeah. Like it sounds like such a fun game. I mean, you know? A bunch of over the hill adventurers who are all in one one <laughs> village. Little right? town, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, there's a gougar out there. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> or the story yeah. could even open like the a G, as a GM, you you gotta lay that out for your players. Like, yeah, hey guys, this is not gonna be a world-spanning Indiana Jones yeah. style adventure with a map and a dotted line. This <laughs> is you were born in this little town, you're likely going to die in this little town, and you deal with this little town's problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that can be awesome. So as GM, you got to set that up. Yeah. And then those people can have a plethora of connections, you know, like yeah, family and people that hate you because they're a- angry exes and whatever could happen in this little town. That's fine. But if you're going to be on this, like, who knows if I'll ever come back again adventure, a lot of times like I've had players they come up with a whole family and all that stuff mm-hmm. and then the game's like well we're getting on the airship yeah <laughs> and you never come back right, yeah. <laughs> and you're like well mm-hmm. I really yeah. hope Uncle Jimmy's doing all right back on the farm yeah, and that's right
3: <laughs> and it's a whole thing that like when you talk about how attached a character should be to a locale or a populace or wanderlust you're really talking about setting expectations <laughs> at the beginning mm-hmm. of your campaign And then checking in, especially if you're in a home game that could last three to five years. I mean, I don't know if people really do that anymore, but like, that's how (laughs) how I cut my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That like, okay, periodic check-ins with people for how, do we need to loop back in to like your hometowns or stuff? Or are you on a space voyage for the next seven years? Yeah. In which case, like, yeah, like, your character's backstory and your character's motivation and connections to their family would be important to you as a player, but not necessarily as important to the table as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's interesting to bring in that kind of stuff, because, like, as anyone who has listened to me play for, like, the last however many years knows, like, I'm just really deeply connected to generational trauma. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What could I say? I'm not even sorry. (laughs) But it's that kind of thing. Like, it informs your character's decisions about what they're doing. But if you're in a wanderlust game where, like, you may never get back to your hometown, Mm -hmm. what are those relationships informing in terms of your character's current actions?
2: Yeah. 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 And I'm going to definitely, like, weave some stuff in. Like, when I get a character's. backstory. And I've heard some people who are like, character, ah, that's that's the worst thing ever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Maybe for you, that's fine. But I love it because I weave stuff in that has to do with that backstory. And then people get really invested in the game. And now I've been playing a home game since the pandemic. It's been over three years now. And we're getting to the end game where we're wrapping things up. And it's like time to check in again with everybody and be like, where do you want this character to kind of end up? Like, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to be, like, the perfect bow that you're going to tell me, but, like, I want to make sure you feel like it's been a worthy trip.
4: Yeah, I think for me, it's asking about the, like, techniques you use personally is I, especially since I first started playing PBTA stuff, and, and especially with masks, it's, like it, like, I want everybody to be connected. For most of my gaming life, it was the, you meet in a tavern and that's where we start. And when I'm setting up a party for a game that I'm going to run, I'm like, nope, you all know each other. You've been together for like six months, a year, two years. And like, what? let's talk about the connections that you've formed since then and what's happened. And And, you know, and I try to really, like, I try to guide players to connect to other people's NPCs as well. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that, gives me a lot of joy in a session zero, is like, oh, you have a professor character and you have a mother. Like, what if those are the same people? And it gives this extra layer of involvement to the characters and their interaction together.
3: I definitely went, what if they're dating? Oh.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, way to be sexist, Pooja. I've been...
3: I didn't say anything
4: about any kind of gender. gender. (laughs) Why is that weird? It's not. I'm being ironic.
2: (laughs) They're lesbians. So, exactly. It's not sexist. (laughs) Yeah. There's two questions I always ask whenever I'm developing a character because I like to sit down and at least have one discussion about the character. And I always tell them, like, this is fluid. If it doesn't play, if it plays in a different way, we can go back and we can retcon stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. Don't feel like you're locked into anything. But why are you adventuring? And how do you play well in a group? Mm -hmm. Like, because, you know, I had one character who's like, I am a pirate ship captain. And I'm like, well, why aren't you on your pirate ship? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, I've had the character who's like, I don't trust anybody. You know, I just go out on my own. And I'm like, that's Uh, great when you're in a comic book or maybe a movie. But like, we're playing a group sport. Yeah. (laughs) You guys need to be in a group. So you need to find a way. And I had somebody who did like the most amazing thing because she was the loner who didn't like to be around people, but contrasted that with super loyalty. Uh-huh. And so she was like, I don't care. Like, th- this sounds like a town problem. And then somebody messed with one of her friends and she was like, that's it.
4: Everybody <laughs> dies. You know? <laughs> I think it's it, there is a place for those kind of loner characters. There is a place sure. for orphan characters. There, like I just don't. I like to guide players. Like, let's not make that mean that you don't have any connections at all. Right? Mm-hmm. That like, what are the connections you formed outside of these other connections that other people might generally have? Like, what drives you? What keeps you connected? What keeps you with these people? Yeah, was there
2: somebody at the orphanage, like another yeah. orphan that you were like partners in crime and now they're missing? Or-, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. or, like, I think that it's a lot more accepted and common now for people to understand the term found family. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. your backstory doesn't have to be the people you're blood related to or the people you grew up with. Mm-hmm. It can be the people that you chose as an adult or coming to age or whatever. The thing that, like, makes people tick is the connections that we have to other people. Mm -hmm. So, even if you don't have blood family, or you are estranged from them, or you have chosen to distance yourself from them for your character's own benefit, what connections did you make that propel you forward? Like, it's kind of like just asking your characters, like, what do they actually care about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who do they actually care about? And if the answer is the other people at the table, that is absolutely valid. Yeah. Like, I have burned every bridge behind <laughs> me and I am only looking forward is absolutely a valid character choice. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Just okay. like make sure that you're actually connecting with those people on an emotional level or your character is.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Also, hopefully you connect with your friends on an emotional level.
2: Thank <laughs> God. I hope right. so. Yeah. You. And also, <laughs> <laughs> not these people. Um, and I want to point out these games are about, like, fantasy fulfillment. Yeah. If you want to play a certain trope, don't feel shamed into not. Yeah. Unless it's hurtful to other people. But, <laughs> you know. Like
3: Mary Seuss. Right. Yeah, you yeah. could yeah. play a whole game about Mary Seuss. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And if you want to be Aragorn or Finn Rizal, like, just right. go for it. Yeah. You know, because it's only us at the table who are going to know, and maybe the people who are listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. if it's, a,
4: if it's, right, yeah.
2: The thousands upon
4: thousands of you. It yeah. Now, I, I would just point out that two of the most prominent characters in popular culture who follow this trope are Wolverine and Batman. Mm-hmm. And both of them are dreadfully boring when they're by themselves. <laughs> they really become interesting when they start dealing with other people, and especially when they start caring about other people. That's when you get the most interesting stories about those characters. So... Yeah, because yeah. good drama is not about
2: character. It's about relationships. Yeah. Who that person is in relation to somebody
4: else. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Dad Batman is the best Batman. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm mean, to Daddy Batman.
3: No, t- no contrary opinions just... <laughs> 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 exception.
4: Have we, have we done good? Are we ready I for mailbag two? I think so. I who wants uh, to take it? I'll go ahead, I suppose. Mailbag 2. Hey, Kimmy and the Happy Jack crew. Midtime listener started listening near the start of the pandemic. I like that. Welcome. So I am going to be GMing my first game on stream in August. I'm very excited for this as well as kind of nervous. I am rather inexperienced when it comes to being the GM. And as such, there are some things I'm nervous about handling. So I have three players, two of whom I've played with for about two odd years. And the third I've played with for a month or two on a different game. I've noticed when someone, when sometimes when they are playing, they get excited and will talk over players or the GM at the time. I was wondering if you find folks had suggestions for when you're in game and want to nudge things back to the person who was spoken over without having to do the, hey, X, B was in the middle of their sentence. If this does become a problem, I do plan to talk to them outside of game stream because they're not a bad person, just socially awkward. Honestly, I'm probably overthinking this more than I need to. As always, thank you for your content and any advice. Sincerely, Dougler. P.S., if plugging is okay, party wipe games on Twitch. Sure, uh, uh-huh. it's okay. Dougler likes oh, party wipe oh. games on Twitch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. P-P-S. P.P.S., Oh, you guys are awesome. Oh. P.P.S., sorry if my question was rambling. I'm actually, cool. like, actually, it's I'm very sorry, succinct. So sure. It's <laughs> <explanation> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That's like that's Didn't one even, of the least rambling yeah, mails yeah. we've ever had on Abby Jack.
3: Didn't even have to take a water break in the middle of it, right? right. Yeah.
5: Put so up weird. that be right back screen. <laughs> <laughs> <Hold Yeah>. Rehydrate, <laughs> and we'll be back
0: to this email.
3: Uh, I do want to uh, say, like, as a baby GM myself, like, or I guess now I have two campaigns and like whatever under my belt or whatever, but like. Props to you for stepping out there Absolutely. and going out and GMing. It can feel really overwhelming at the start, but it sounds like you have a good table and they, y'all are like, gonna make something awesome. So, mm-hmm. more power. To- Woo!
2: Yeah. First off, I think you should talk to them before you go on stream. For sure. Yeah. You need to have the, like, okay, these are the rules of the stream because it's different than when you're at home on your at table. And I'm, I don't know if this is at a, Table going on stream, or if this is on Zoom or Discord or whatever. Either which way. Um, And the same rules apply. mm -hmm. Yeah. I know when I was doing running a game on Discord, if somebody was trying to talk and somebody talked over them, and like a lot of times, like Zoom would just cut out that first person's audio because the other one was louder, Mm -hmm. I would just put up my hand. And that was one of our signals of like, hey, there's something that needs to happen. (laughs) Uh, Pay attention to me right right now. And that first person would go and I'd be like, oh, and I would like just completely because this is just something that happens and be like, OK, hang on. Pooja had something she was saying. Go ahead and say that. And they <laughs> I found that people really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You do have to be a bit of a stoplight. Yeah, it's not the
4: right thing. A meeting manager. Kind
2: yes. Of,
3: yes, yeah. Somehow it's worse than Stoplight. Sorry. <laughs>
4: Hello, yeah. I'm your RPG coordinator. <laughs> right. Yes, you know what? We're gonna have <laughs> so what much synergy. I know, right? <laughs> no, I, I would <laughs> love to have a coordinator on my games, uh, <laughs> just to handle the scheduling. Yeah, yeah. I need a
3: coordinator yeah. for my life. Right? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah,
4: I think doing games on stream has actually really helped me with this, and. Making me more aware of when I'm talking over other people or when in streaming games, everybody seems to be a little more conscious of it than otherwise. So I think in some ways, if it's that same group, that will help. And especially if you really stress to them ahead of time, like, hey, I know when we're at our game, we get excited and you can have a little side conversation or you can whisper or something. You don't even have to call them out on like, hey, you're always talking over so-and-so. Don't do that. But just say like, hey, I know we have these side conversations. You can't do that while we're on stream. People listening and watching will not be able to understand if there's two streams of dialogue going on. Yeah, because when the microphone's on you, everyone can hear it. <laughs> yeah.
5: And there's, there's tons of little things you learn after doing this for a while, like how all of us are sitting around. And when we turn to face somebody else, we're still shifting, so our microphone is kind of aimed at our face still. Right. Yep. <laughs> like, it's a weird little awkward thing that you learn to do after the first couple of times. Yeah. You just think about the show, right? Mm-hmm. You When you stream a game, you are putting on a show for your viewers. <laughs> and that's the point, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're putting out this product that somebody will consume and enjoy. I'm not saying you can't have fun doing it. Ask anybody that's ever been in a play or a film mm-hmm. or a TV show. You can have a great time making the product. You just have to make sure that the end result is the show.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, so, and from a performing aspect, like one of the important things is to give focus as well as take yeah. focus and like listen to other people. And you don't always have to be the center of attention. Yeah. Which. Maybe ironic me saying that a little, but.
3: (laughs) 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 No, but it's a good point that like, and I think where this person is coming from is a sense of like getting caught up in the moment and excitement. Mm -hmm. And also like when it comes to dealing with somebody with social awkwardness, I know that like personally I'm. I'm so super are socially awkward. <laughs> like, I have a hard time reading cues, and things like that. Like Speaking to the choir. Preaching to the choir. That, <laughs> that, like, the idea of talking to the whole group and setting expectations at the start to say, like, hey, we just need to make sure that we're all looking out to speak one at a time so that when we're on stream, people can understand us all. And you as a GM can just say, like, hey, hold on to that thought for a second. We're just going to let this... Other player finish, and then we'll get right to you. Yeah, that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a confrontational thing at all, and it doesn't have to be like a setup where you specifically take a person aside to talk to them about their their quirk that then they're right. going to obsess over for the next six weeks, <laughs> six years, seven Do that
2: forever, <laughs> <Next hour, laughs> six, six decades <laughs> until they die. Um, deathbed going. I can't believe yeah. I talked to right. Barney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, but just that sometimes it's just a thing that, like, you lay down those ground, I say ground rules, but more, like, expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you all know where you're coming from when you say, like, hey, let's hold on for a second. Mm -hmm. So you can, it's like releasing the, it's like opening the pressure valve to start so that it doesn't build up and become a thing later.
2: That is so well said. And then also, like, in my old game, we had hand signals. Some Mm. just some stuff to go like, like, especially on Zoom, because when we're in this room, I can talk right after Pooja's done talking or like add something on or be "Mm -hmm," in the middle of it. You can't do that while you're streaming. And so if one of us was like, oh, I've got a thing to say to this, we would just raise our hands. And then so that somebody knew that there was something else going on. And you don't feel that pressure to just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and never end your sentence. Mm -hmm. That's the trick. Learn to give a pause break
5: to let other people interject. Mm.
2: Find the end of your thought and get to it,
5: right. and then yeah. take a breath and look at everybody. See that no one's jumping in. Continue your thought. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. if you have something that you want to say and you, you're saying it, and then it looks like someone else has something you want to say, kind of get to a point where you can pause and let them jump in. Right. Yeah. So you don't. It's not you talking for fifteen minutes. And then everybody else is sitting around, like, oh man, I really anxious looking. I wanna come on, let me get in there a word.
4: I do feel a little personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> we all do it. We all oh, have done yeah. it. I'm really bad about it in my general life. I'm actually much better at sharing spotlight when I'm on a, in a game or on stream. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad about noticing that I have been talking endlessly for 20 minutes. And everybody and like, else. And I don't wait. know how to stop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I'll just keep talking because I, I feel like the space needs to be full. And one of the things that I've been practicing on a lot over the last few years is trying to really control to do more listening than talking. And especially as a GM, I think that is really helpful because when you're the GM and you're just enraptured by oh, the what's going on at the bad. table, yeah. It's and, the best thing ever. Yeah. And other people see that too, and they're like, oh, I want to get you to that point. And and generally people do really want to please the GM. They they want the GM to be able to just sit there and enjoy how awesome these characters are.
2: But Embrace
3: no, I, your daddiness yeah. as a GM. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Daddy Doodler. Um, yeah. My, <laughs> I've had players like. Oh, God, I'm sure Joan just wants us to move this all along because, yeah. you know, we just, he's got all this stuff planned out. And we've just been sitting here having yeah. interpersonal yeah. relationships for yeah. the last half hour. I'm like, you guys are the game. Yeah. yeah like, right? I have stuff prepared for whenever you go over there. That's fine. Yeah. Or if yeah. you never get over there, I don't care. Right. Yeah. I want you guys to have the fun game that you
4: want because right. <laughs> I'm your facilitator. Yeah. 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 Your right. enabler. Yeah. yeah. It's a joy when you get to those moments. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. What are the other pieces of advice I would give, or did you want to comment on that? Or that- I just I was going to say I'm lazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. If I'm running a game
5: and my players are just going to go off for an hour, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. That means I don't have to do an hour of prep, yeah. and I'm, yeah. I'm
2: talking constantly. I'm towards yeah. the end of like, this sure. campaign, go. Uh-huh. and these characters they can do the whole night. I'm like, I don't have to prepare okay. anything tonight yeah. because I know they're going to spend like. they had a surprise engagement.
4: There was like, and they all fixed it and had it happen amongst themselves. And I was just like, this is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I mean, the best is when I can start my GM prep for the session with sexy goblin question mark. And then I sit (laughs) down and then the players just take over and I don't say a damn word until and scene. Next session, we'll do (laughs) like. I'm sorry, I'm
3: sorry. Sexy goblin exclamation
2: point. Oh. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is an excellent point. Uh, okay, that needs to be the new t-shirt. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: sexy. <laughs> sexy goblin question mark.
4: Sexy goblin exclamation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I <laughs> the chat says Adam and I are two of a kind. Yeah. It's true. And and Rose ran a fantastic masks game for several of us over the pandemic. And and it was just like like Rose is fantastic at just like okay here's what's going on and now go and you know and sets up a scene in such a great way that you're like okay let's just talk and let's figure out what happens and and she just sits back and she's like awesome this is so good and then you end up getting yourself into huge trouble and introducing things like like oh your actual biological father is a dead god who wants to come back and destroy the world like oh, and it's whoosh. like you know. Like you do. And Rose is just sitting there slurping her noodles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's, but one of the things that I was going to say is, another piece of advice is, talk to your players about how you like to do scenes. And mm-hmm. how, uh, so Teen Wolf, which Pooja and I worked, both worked on, so the creator of Teen Wolf, Jeff Davis, he always said, and, and you'll notice this if you watch Teen Wolf, he never wants to see the start of a scene or the end of a scene. Like, mm. drop them in the yeah. middle, end it before it's over, and then let people fill in the blanks of what happened. And and it's mm. not always the right idea, but a lot of times, like, you don't need to finish every conversation until it's talked to death. And sometimes it's like, okay, that was a fantastic piece of dialogue. Let's cut right there. Let's go to what everybody else is doing because that's just too good to pass out. Oh, yeah. That's a scene ender right there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to let the tension ride for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. And you'll
3: see this with a lot, like, I mean, who doesn't watch all the television and movies now at their yeah. house? Yeah. Because, like, besides the pandemic and everything else, but you'll see this in some of the best television. Yeah. That, like, that tension will ride. Oh, yeah. And even when the scene that is between two players isn't about that tension, Mm-hmm. It's still simmering there underneath the surface. Yeah, and it's delicious. Oh
4: yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the best feeling is when the people who weren't in the scene that you switch to and to to cover what they were doing are like, okay, let's wrap this up because I want to find out what the happened yeah. With them. I recently yeah. had three of the five
2: players go like don't cut to us we just want to watch the next way yeah cuz there was like a burgeoning love story between two of the characters oh, and yeah. it was like so yeah. awkward and beautiful and yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. i'm like yeah. it's the best yeah mm-hmm.
5: yeah I, I always so i like to look at my role as a gm in terms of a restaurant oh. mm-hmm. so i'm the prep Right, no. I come in early in the morning and I chop all these vegetables and I lay out all the stuff and I make sure the orders get there and everything's stocked and ready to go. The players come in and they're the actual cooking crew, mm-hmm. right? They're the ones that are taking all these little bits that they've found and putting them into recipes and making stuff. But I, as the GM during the game, am the customers of the yeah. restaurant. Oh. So yeah. I'm coming in and I might order something and then I don't know what the hell's going on over right. there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. you no that's great. No idea what's coming out of that there, kitchen. It could be full-on ratatouille right. back there. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the whole story. Yeah. And I'm just out here and I'm going to get a meal. I'm
4: going to have a fun time. What's yeah. yeah. I prepped fish and chips. I don't know where the croke came from.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you come in, you feed the bitch. <laughs> A.K.A. the sourdough starter. For those of you who don't read a bunch of old Anthony Bourdain, why <laughs> <Like, laughs> you come in, you feed the bitch. They come in and they make. Dear God, what, what? are you putting in that? <laughs> oh, would it taste good? There should
4: yeah. be pepper in this cake, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, got a nice kick though. Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: And like one of the other things I do is also like as a screenwriter, I like to cut in the middle of the tension. But like there'll be like a little yeah. button, and I'll be like, and with that, the camera goes over here. Uh-huh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not resolving your scene yet, but yeah. I'll be back to you. Oh, yeah. And I got, I've got i gotten really good at, like, and camera two, yeah. and camera one, and camera two. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, I was just going to say one thing that I just wanted to mention on that point is that it can be a really good way to share spotlight between your entire table. Yeah. If you have a section of the game, which happens in every single game, where you have actually integrated your player's current and backstories to, to make a callback to mail back mm-hmm. 1, that one session or two sessions or whatever is going to be more heavily focused on one player's story than it is necessarily another. That letting some tension ride and finding the moment to move focus and spotlight to another character or another player can be a really great way to keep everyone invested and in feeling like, they are participants in the story. Yeah. And not yeah. just spectators watching somebody else have a really cool adventure.
4: Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause I will go back to that first question. I will like be like, all right, we're going to go down this person's backstory, but you got to trust me. It's going to be fun for you too. And we'll get to you soon. yeah That is a threat. <laughs> right. Yeah.
5: It's
3: always. A threat. Yeah.
5: yeah. Like we've all watched episodic television. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's the Riker episode. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just, the there's this, like, here's a little slice of this character. They're the main character for this episode. Yeah. Great. But then the next episode might connect back more to the whole overarching story of the season. Okay, but we've got this little microcosm that teaches us something about a cool story moment. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. Strange New Worlds is fantastic. At oh yeah! Every episode really focuses on one particular character, sometimes two, and it doesn't it, just focus on the captain like they've right? yeah. for so long. Right. Like it's so good. Yeah, and yet they completely weave everybody else in and around them, and, and and connect everybody together and reveal new things about other people beyond just the person who's the focus of the story. It's 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 an excellent it's an excellent study in spotlighting. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Rose, I'm um, always talking about you.
4: <laughs>
3: yes,
2: you're,
3: you just run constantly, live rent yeah. free in the back of yeah. my mind.
4: Are we ready
2: for meltbag oh, number
4: three? Oh, I was just. Oh, go ahead. One more thing about this topic, and because most of our GMing uh, or most of our advice show uh, focuses on GM advice, but I think it's a good idea here <laughs> to oh, yeah. to give some player advice too. But if you're playing in a game really cooperate with the spotlight that is being distributed and when somebody else is in a scene don't sit there like looking up your next character level or sending th- dms to DMs. somebody else right? in yeah. the game right pay attention yeah. be respectful listen to them watch them like find way like think about ways you might be able to weave what's happening with them together with your values as well and and it's just not only is it courtesy, but it also makes for a much richer game experience. And when you're in being the focus of a scene, you will get so much out of them focusing on you as well. So yeah. I'm so glad you brought that yeah. up because I meant to earlier and got quite yeah. yeah. pushed away. <laughs> right? Yeah. So many opinions. Yes. So,
0: yeah. Deep feels.
3: <laughs> Are you Okay. Okay. I can if you'd like. I, no, it's fine. Okay.
5: I have no feelings about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have feelings about the topic of the email.
0: I, I don't have feelings about reading.
3: <laughs> Hello, Empress Kimmy and her Jacker Court. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, th- Ooh. Uh, so I'm after?
2: guilty of being in the Jacker Court. <laughs> <laughs> day <Paid> clothes. <laughs>
3: yes. yes. <laughs> so after a fairly lively conversation on the Discord, insert discord hype here and James V, please post a discord link in the stream. That's your cue, buddy. Come on down. Damn. And yes, seriously. I don't know why I
2: said that like Al Worthington.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Inside uh,
2: joke for old people in Southern California. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific.
3: The Happy Jacks Discord yeah. is a really great place to be. It is where JackerCon was as we right? were talking about before. Yeah. Okay. I've decided to drop an email about it. Very, I'm not <laughs> sure what <how laughs> it is yet. Conversation. Conversation. Yeah. Very long story short, I am trying to introduce more and more one shots of weird games to my players, mm. games where the mechanics are different than the typical roll high against your skills, or I guess in the case of Call of Cthulhu, roll low against your skills. The problem is some of these systems are terrible. <laughs> Others are amazing though. <laughs> Ten Candles for the Queen, Last Girl, just to name a few. So finally, my question: What is the weirdest TTRPG you have ever played that you actually enjoyed playing? It's it's rude for you to throw in like a really like hard qualifier right there at the
4: <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know,
3: like, keep on being awesome. Eric from DC, missing SoCal weather. It's like a hundred degrees every day now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. doubtful. Yeah.
2: It went from it, oh, it's so chilly. I'm gonna need a jacket it, and a it scarf. for four months. Yeah, right. And then now it's 150 yeah, degrees.
3: Yeah. P.S. If you need more content, Gandalf, marry Sue, or reasonably used mentor. Ta-ring! Oh, that's old Shit. Just, damn it.
2: There's got to be a little less. <laughs> I'm bag. sorry.
3: No one, yeah. anyone who is arguing that Gandalf was a reasonably used mentor is wrong.
2: <laughs> Deus ex machina. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Used
4: mentor, yes,
2: but reasonably. Mm. Well, let's see. I could have them go and discover this information, or, or yeah. I could introduce this guy who knows everything,
4: yeah. but only when it's convenient.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, dirty used mentor.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, Gandalf is a trickster god. Let's be clear about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, the hard modifier at the end, really, like, that screws me over a lot because I can... So, all right, you've touched on two of my my hot buttons. I don't tend to really enjoy most one-shots. And no, I don't like super weird concept games most of the time. Same. When... <laughs> thanks. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> like, when I want to play a, a TTRPG, I want, like, it doesn't have to be like typical trad-, trad game kind of D&D, like, although I love that stuff. But I want to sink into characters and I want to tell a whole arc. And I want, to, like, I I get so much connection to my characters. I don't want to let them go after one shot. And and when you've got weird ass mechanics, like, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I, yeah, like, yeah, like if, if you want a weird ass mechanic, that's fine. But make me play it for months so that I get used to it and I can understand and enjoy it. I don't want to just walk in and, like, okay, here are your like five pig butt tokens. And when you want to like (laughs) win at life, play a pig butt and then you have to trade that for a dolly whip. I'm like, I I 100% want to play (laughs) a (laughs) game. Pig butt's and dolly Whips. Like, I have to say
3: that, as soon as you said dolly whip, I was like, Oh, nine 9 to 5. <laughs> and I'm so on board with that. Okay,
4: yes, I will play a game of 9 to 5, the RPG. Like, oh, yes. It's now a game called Pig Butts and Dollywood. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've played like 10 Candles. It's really cool. It's not something I want to play regularly. I want to play it once every few years or so. That's cool. I love For the Queen, but I... Kimmy mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, like for a time we were playing for the queen, like like every third hour. And it's like, okay, kind of done with this for a while. And then everybody loves Fiasco. And I'm like, I played it twice. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. But that's me. It's I know that this is a personal taste. I like things a little more structured and I like things more long-term. That's why I like episodic TV much more than movies. So.
2: Yeah, I've been doing, I started during the pandemic, when it came around, I was like, oh God, the depression is coming. I need to fight And the only way I know how to fight it is to start as many games as possible. Yeah. And so I was running yep. three games for a while, and it was supposed to be one-shot adventures. So not like just one night, but we would finish out this adventure over the course of a month or two, and like then I would move on to other people and, uh, and all this stuff. Every single one of them turned into a campaign, including... I just started doing in-person games a few months back, or actually, okay, a year ago, and, like, literally everybody, I was, like, at the end of it, like, they killed a dragon, and I'm, yeah. like, oh, and in the dragon's pile, there's a deck of many things. Who wants to... Because I'm, like, we're never going to see these characters again. Like, literally, I got a message, like, I'm really bummed out about what happened to my character because, like, I really can keep wanting to play her, and I'm, like, that never occurred to me. We can just say that that never happened. <laughs> and... It's a year later, and most of those people are now a, basically a regular gaming group. Ah, nice. <laughs> like, oh, man. That is yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah.
3: the most wholesome.
2: Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I love long-form gaming. Uh-huh. I love long stories and weird payoffs after many sessions. That's great. I also love the like drive it till the wheels fall off nature of one shots. Mm,
0: Mm -hmm.
5: Like the, I can go into a fiasco game and be the absolute worst fucking human being (laughs) possible for four hours and come out the other end going, yeah,
3: that was great. This is where one shots really excel.
0: Yes.
5: Drive Mm -hmm.
3: it like you stole it. Yeah. Be your best chaos grump because it doesn't have to be be the worst version of whatever character you're playing. It could just be the most, like all of your most chaotic influences.
2: 100% id. Just (laughs)
3: just let them free, let them dance naked (laughs) in the moonlight around the fire. Like, yes. Yeah. That being said, I would say Brindlewood Bay. People think Brindlewood is like a, a pretty standard PBTA kind of game. But when you're running a one shot of it, you can get super weird with what's going on, both the, the characters, the murder mystery itself, bringing in like because obviously, like Brenda LeBay is the answer to that meme about Jessica Fletcher being a agent of the Elder God, <laughs> oh. right? So you can I didn't realize in, that was a question. <laughs> you can bring in all of that weird shit uh. right at the top. And then you can, like, depending on who you have, like, at your table, and how deep into the lore of 80s and 90s procedurals slash cozy television mysteries Uh that they, like, how they're hooked in. It's like when you have a table full of, like, people who are super into Star Trek. The Star Mm -hmm. Trek game, the Star Wars game that we've played in. Yeah. The... -hmm. Lord of the Rings game that y'all just yeah. finished that I know like the Discord really fucking loves. Oh my god, and, it's so good! And honestly, I love too. It's the um, first game
5: that legit got me crying. Oh, nice, table. yeah. Like,
3: yeah. And like, front would a good be way. is yeah. that, yes. <laughs> but for people who grew up like in the living room with their parents on Sunday night watching a Mount Log and Murder She Wrote back to back, yeah, yeah, which was great.
4: yeah. <laughs> or in my family's case, that was every night, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like, let's put in a VHS tape of our Matlock and Murder, She Wrote episodes that we recorded last week and watch them again tonight. Like, yeah,
2: I've got to say the weirdest and most fun I've ever had in a one shot was in high school. As teenagers, we played a game of paranoia Mm. um, that was like, because knowing that it was a closed ended game that by the end of tonight's session. Uh, tonight we played probably for 12 hours I'm that <laughs> yeah that mm-hmm. that was it that was going to be done like we could do all the crazy backstabbing and killing mm-hmm. each other and weird stuff and we laughed for that entire time to the point that the guy whose house we were at his parents left like, <laughs> 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 we were having so much fun they're like i can't <laughs> tell you <that." laughs> yeah these nerds yeah too bad. and so like And the great thing about that game was that he made it because it was like, you know, we were like the punk rock nerds. And then, like, the people that we were fighting were these mutants who were, like, the people that we hated in high school. Right. And, like, the surfer bros. And, like, we had to go out and, like, get rid of this infestation of surfer bros. And they're, like, throwing surfboards at us that could kill us. It was a whole lot of fun. (laughs) Super fun. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I, I do have to say, like, the few times that I've played Tim Candles, I have really gotten into it. And I have enjoyed playing characters in a way that I wouldn't normally play. What it is for me is I I feel myself, I tend to do more shallow characters. And then i like to just put them in situations where they're just doing really dumb things, because that's a lot of fun. But yeah, I don't normally play those kinds of characters. And so, it, it, yeah, so it is fun when I do play it and let myself enjoy it.
3: I mean, it's the difference between enjoying, like, a short story or novella versus right. a full-length novel. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not going into that short story for, like, 99% angst and slow burn.
4: Yeah, right, <laughs>
3: yeah. Instant <laughs> fucking gratification. Right, yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, like... George R. R. Martin, you have to understand, not only wrote Song of Ice and Fire stuff, but also wrote The Sand Kings, which is one of the most potent pieces of like eight pages of science fiction that's ever existed. It's like, I mean, if you haven't read The Sand Kings, it's a George R. R. Martin short story and it's fucking phenomenal. Like, I appreciate short form for what it is. And when I'm in, the mood for it or when I'm I'm really into what the idea is, I love it. But like with the Marvel cinematic universe, I love that it's basically it's a 20 year epic now. It's it was awesome when it was just Iron Man and that was cool. But like now that it's this decades of building, I'm just beside myself. It's
3: well I guess yeah. like the question about Dave, like weird ass one shot.
4: So I will say that for a while
5: at our local Strategic Con, my friend Rob and I, we would show up to run Blast from the past, jacked up games. Yes. That nobody plays anymore. <laughs> because we're just that way, right? It Maybe it is like a weird wanting to punish ourselves for being those teenagers that played those games. <laughs> I don't know. But honestly, and here's a terrible game that is a ton of fun, if you just throw away all your inhibitions and play the game, the Dallas RPG. What? Yeah. It is the most horrendously sexist, terrible example of 1980 that you could imagine. Like, literally in the rules of the game, it says, like, Hey, if you're playing one of the female characters on the show, you should team up with the other women cuz there's no way you're going to defeat one of the guy characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. You like, should JR
3: I ask you.
4: Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. That's
5: that's the whole thing. But like it's a fascinating weird system and you can find it online available, not digitally, but you could get somebody to mail you a copy <laughs> uh, of the game. But like it has little like every character for an episode, this was actually one of the very first licensed RPGs. Wow. Because yeah, it came out in 1980, right? Very early on in the RPG life cycle, That it has, every character has a list of goals for an episode. And so your goals might be A, B, and C. And Adam's goals might be D, E, and A. So maybe you have something to work towards and maybe you have some things that you're against each other. And, like it's a fascinating weird system, but it's super fun. Especially if you just dive all the way into this like terrible soap opera-ness
4: yeah. of it. It's super great.
3: Oh, what is it? I haven't played it in part because I <sighs> La Passion. Oh, La Passion
4: oh. de los Pasiones. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, the one that I is, oh is, yeah. The telenovela. Yeah. Novella, yeah. 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 I've heard it's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I've Fashion watched some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. some APs of it. It has been amazing. Mm-hmm. I really would love to get an adaptation of like Hindi serials for that. Yeah. Because like, I got really into Hindi serials for a while because I was trained, like I'm learning Hindi. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's a daily dose of like half an hour or whatever, like where you just get a bunch of people talking and then a bunch of like reaction shots.
4: <laughs> so you get time to
3: process what yeah. they said.
4: <laughs> nice,
3: but it's that kind of it's that kind of idea, and yeah. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. and if it's you great. want something that's sober up or base, but maybe a little less like gender essentialist and terrible.
5: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> There are way better modern takes on the genre for sure. (laughs) I don't disagree there, but it's pretty pretty hilarious, and it's a great one shot time. Yeah, I do
2: love running like a funhouse type one shot where it's just like I think first thing that you ever need to do if you want to run a game for your friends is make a pitch document, and it only (laughs) needs to be like I make it one page, but it's like set up in Illustrator with artwork, you know, to get the (laughs) Uh, vibe of things. So like. I did a How the Grinch Stole Christmas Uh, (laughs) because, you know, can't do Grinch. And I sent it to my friends and I made sure to include, like, goofy cartoon character Christmas elves because I wanted people to know, like, this is not a serious game. Like, you need to be a caricature, a cartoon, and that's what we're going to be playing.
4: I totally didn't just write up and hand out a four-page setup for the game I started last night. So oh, nice. totally, totally so, didn't. Speaking of <laughs> I,
5: I cannot recommend Toon highly enough for one show. Oh yes.
4: No. I bought Toon, but we
2: never played it mm-hmm. and I wanted to so just bad. Stupid
5: fun. Yeah. You go into it with all of the tropes of all of the cartoons we grew up watching. Yeah. And you just make a character and you're goofy
4: <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah.
0: Oh, I
4: love uh, that. I'll tell you so one game that I I think it would kind of fall in this like category of weird mechanics that And I have the ash can of it. And I've been wanting to play it for since I first found it and picked it up at a con or something. But it's called Ribbon Drive. And Mm. and it's it's like a 10-page rule book, basically, but it's you the mechanics are that everybody creates a mixtape for the road trip. And so, and then you kind of randomly pick one person's tape. And the first song on theirs is the theme of the the story or the plot of the story, and then and then each person sort of like puts on another random song, and like that's your character, and this is your character, and and so it's like entirely done by like picking random music that each player has put together as like I love this work, this song, yeah, oh, and, yeah, that. right, yeah. And I've been fascinated by it since I saw it, and I was like, I want to play this, and I've never gotten around to figuring out getting it to play it. So yeah, so you're in, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. know. Yeah, it's it. it, Have
5: you played it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. It was weird because I played it with people I didn't know. Oh. Uh huh. Oh,
3: that's. Yeah. I feel a little like. Well, it was a convention. I mean, so
5: like that's what I try to do when I go to conventions. Yeah. Like. Let me sign up for games I've never played before because I'd like to try that. Mm. And if I love it, I'll take it home and cherish it forever. Yeah, but it was awkward because of like you don't know somebody, so you don't know why they picked the song. Yeah, yeah. With a group of actual friends, it would be easier and more interesting. I think. Uh Yeah. To get a little deeper on the music.
3: See, that's that's I think where my reaction came from. It's like Mm -hmm. I have played a few con games where it's like okay i'm going to the stable with people i don't know which like i'll be honest i like it (laughs) (laughs) i'm not because of the people (laughs) but because of me yeah but like specifically music is such an individual like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. connected thing that it's like Opening up somebody's rib gauge
0: and
4: looking at their organs. It's like, well, I don't know you that way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, nice companies. Well, right. yeah, yeah. We are <laughs> not at the gallbladder sharing stage. <laughs> exactly. The other
5: con one shot that I played that was glorious, Emily, who is a regular here on Happy Jacks, ran Girl Underground for oh, myself yeah. and another frequent friend. And it was great. The mechanics are basically. Like you make characters and you are, I mean, not exactly, but sort of thematically, you are like the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion and Mm -hmm. the the companions of the girl on an an adventure of some kind. Mm -hmm. And you kind of set up who the girl is before the game starts and you take turns taking actions for the girl, whoever they are. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you kind of guide them through a story, but then you're playing your character at the same time. Mechanically, it's super cool. It's also very inexpensive. It's an easy-to-pick-up game, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay, we are talking about con games, and I realized that I can't, in good conscience, let this episode end and not talk about running Alien as a one-shot being the weirdest experience ever <laughs> that I love. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Everybody's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just know at the end of it that even if you're not gonna die, you're gonna end up super, super fucked up at the end of yeah. it. I've run it. I've been a player in an Alien one shot twice now, and they have both been mechanically super weird. Hmm. The system doesn't necessarily feel super built for a one shot, even though it is.
5: I think you just need more time than than the typical four hour-ish one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: but both of those games have been amongst my favorite one shots ever.
5: Yeah. Uh, my weird Aliens hack that I played Aliens using the Tales from the Loop kids game. Oh, oh wow. was super fun. <laughs> I love doing it. It's a game I will never play on a stream. No. But it's also a game that as a GM, I realized when I came up with it, because I was inspired by, if you ever watch the director's cut of Aliens or the behind-the-scenes stuff that might be on a Blu-ray or a DVD, I know, weird, archaic formats. <laughs> <laughs> there are scenes that they filmed... Of the colony from aliens. Oh, yeah. That it was just colony life, mm-hmm. right? Like the people that were working there. And there's a scene of a kid riding a big, big wheel, which thing down the <laughs> you hallway see it later on in the colony. movie,
2: in the actual cut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh-huh. it like, gives yeah. a context. It's like overturned. Yeah. yeah.
5: It's the families and the people that live there in this little snapshot of the colony. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Like this totally would work for Tales from the Loop. Like, yeah, Yeah. all of those types of kids could be living on this colony. Yeah, let's do that. So we just made characters like standard, but knowing that that was the universe that they were in. Yeah. And then I realized, like, the one thing I can never do is put the alien in the same room as the kids. Right. Yeah. Right. It always has to be like just off screen or behind a frosted glass window killing somebody. Yeah. Or whatever. It's the terror that never meets them. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. And, like, they created all the drama themselves. And I was just like, this is delightful. And I just keep to get pushing them around. Like, it's 100% just an animatronic on a dolly cart that I'm just walking behind <laughs> the theater, carrying them. <laughs> and it was great. Hey, Virk, you're welcome to send me a message, and I can send you any of the stuff I have for it.
2: Yeah, we did fun. a, one of the guys in my, my Wednesday group ran us on a Tales from the Loop, but, like, fantasy thing and so i played like the kid the i was the the brooding kid i was like how <laughs> do you get me
0: yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun
4: i'm a lone wolf
0: i'm a
2: lone wolf like literally i'm an a-, a ranger
0: <laughs> right?
5: and tales for the loop is probably one of my favorite rpgs ever weirdly you can't play with anybody like under 30 Yeah, Yeah. no, they don't get it. They just it doesn't connect with younger. I mean, you can. I'm I'm not trying to be (laughs) ageist, but yeah, I have had bad experiences running it for younger people. Yeah, especially kids. Like,
2: yeah,
3: I don't think Tales from the Loop is meant to be run at all by people who are actually going through that stage of their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like,
4: it's pure nostalgia. Yeah, and similar to doing masks for teenagers. Like most teenagers, I've tried to get into masks. They're like, I don't, I don't get it. No.
3: Teen like Monster Hearts is made for teenagers. Nasty mm-hmm. yeah. yes. is made for adults. Yeah, Tales from the Lube is made for adults. Like,
4: <laughs> just to, with some distance.
3: Yeah, you some games you just need the distance. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah,
3: and especially when you're talking about like playing like kids on bikes, like kids mm-hmm. on skateboards, like kids on hoverboards. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if I was still a kid, I'd be like.
5: Yeah, right, yeah. like,
3: why do you think I would ever do this?
5: Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is like anybody yeah. that grew up in the fully digital generation, yeah, they're like, why wouldn't I contact the authorities? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, we don't have adventures, yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. ridiculous. I can't you know, leave the house. Of my mom said not to, that like, would like yeah. you be home when the streetlights come on <laughs> and then
4: get out, yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's not their life anymore. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's very true. And I imagine the these again, days. Right? Yeah. I'm sure. Like you're protecting like protecting them against evil, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, your Shady Pines game that you that you were no. working on with bit, Tales from the Loop, but with yeah, I'm trying people for the nursing home. So I'm trying to continue yeah.
5: the tale, Tales from the Loop is set in the 80s, and you're supposed to play young teenage, you, you know, tweens. Then they came out with Things from the Flood, where you play older teens, young adults, and then I'm like, no, I want to. I want to have the game set 40 years beyond that. And it's like 80s, 90s. I'm like, no, I want to have like the 2040s game. Yeah. It's <laughs> those same kids.
0: Yeah. yeah.
5: Now they're in the retirement home uh-huh. and doing that. So like, I've been working
4: on that for a while. Yeah. yeah. But I imagine yeah. that would not go over well with actual elderly people.
3: I feel like the, <laughs> like there you need to do the two weeks from retirement set. Oh,
4: no, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. Get too old for this shit.
0: <laughs>
2: the perennial Danny Glover. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 I'm also like terrible at running one shots. Mm. Like, it's like every time I try to write a half hour episode of TV, I'm like, well, fuck it, one wow. hour. You know? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I had a one shot that was supposed to be clearing out a castle of monsters because this one guy got it in the deck of many things. Uh. And that went six or seven sessions. Yeah. But, like, every time we pushed it one more, I was like, well, it's going to be another, like, six, eight-hour session. Yeah. So I'll add a, I'll add some more. And, yeah. like, everybody seems to be enjoying this, so I don't really care if we finish it. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. I've played a number of those where I'm like, okay, everybody, this is just going to be, like, three or four sessions, and then we'll be done. And then it's, like, 12 months later. It's like, okay, we're sort of getting to the end of what I had planned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I it. Yeah, that's it.
5: So at the early cons, when Stork and I would Mm co-GM, Stork is a dude that will dive into a topic and then come up for air three months later (laughs) and have 700 pages printed out (laughs) in in notebooks and be like, cool, I've prepped stuff for our four-hour con game. And I'll be like, oh, dude. So like we would have an editing session where I would go over and be like, this is great. Let's use that. We need okay. like two scenes. <laughs> Let's uh, two two accounts, and that's where we sort of patented our. We called it the Lego method of story mm-hmm. building. Of like, cool. Here's the first brick. That's the part we know we have to do. Then all the bricks between here and the conclusion are swappable, are yeah. pullable, and we can just come <laughs> to an ending. Yeah, because it's too
2: much otherwise.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. All right. Huh? Well, I think we have. I think we've done a good job. Yes. Well, look, pat we yourselves on the point. back. Yeah. We have okay. definitely
3: talked around people's right. questions and yeah. not to realize that we did not answer. <laughs> I gave confident <laughs>
4: answers. Let's <just> say <laughs> the quiet part out loud.
3: Write
5: oh. uh-huh. back <laughs> again if you still need it. <laughs> right
4: uh-huh.
3: If you have a problem right. with that, write it again. <laughs> uh-huh.
4: yeah. See, if we don't actually answer your questions, you have to keep writing email. That's right. Yeah. And we do <laughs> need emails, which you can nope, send giant to...
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we do need more emails. So if you have any questions, send them to happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Bam. And with that... Thank you for joining us our Season 32, Episode 11? Yeah, 11. 11. Yay! Please support our amazing Indie Designer of the Month, Allison, at drazillion.itch.io. Gonna spell that D-R-A-Z-I-L-L-I-O-N, and you can figure out how to spell itch. Not mm-hmm. Drizill Lion, as was Listen, mentioned
4: before. It could <laughs> be Drizill Lion. I don't, we, be. we don't really know. I just like saying Drazillion. Yeah. yeah. It's a great name.
2: Yeah. <laughs> rolls off the tongue. tripping me. Thank you to our chat mods, James V, and to our amazing patrons who keep us ad-free and independent. Happyjacks.org slash Patreon. Host Ooh. names again. I'm Adam.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> We're... Oh. You said to uh, get okay. it looked my oh, okay. direction. I took the cue. That's how you uh, listen actively, people. <laughs> That's how you throw the
2: spotlight. Uh, exactly. Okay. Read rest of message. Or there whatever.
5: is not an Unsung <laughs> game on Monday anymore, but tomorrow... I will, I have ordered it, and it has arrived today. My swim mask, I will be on Twitch streaming Dave oh. the Diver. Yes. Oh, okay. No, I was that's awesome. yes. If you're bored and you want to stop by and chat, please come by because streaming all by yourself, <laughs> to the void is really boring. because yes. so, Seriously, like, I, I saw oh, that Day ad, and I'm like, they made that what, game, yeah. and no one paid me royalties, and
3: right. I'm real
4: upset. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should write in.
3: Definitely should. Through and then, Jack's... and oh. then somebody should make a TTRBG of Dave the Diver, uh-huh. and then and make yeah. its rules really yeah. weird, yeah. and then we can play it. Talk about right. it. Right? Yeah. Okay. There
4: we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Also, I think we need to buy you a wetsuit, and I am I, not and, screaming in yeah. a wetsuit. Be oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's the middle of summer. My computer
5: <laughs> is not set up in a walk-in fridge.
2: It's not happening. <laughs>
3: Oh, well, <laughs> oh.
2: as I said before, hope names again.
3: <laughs> on that note, I am Pooja. You can find me on the internet as Forgotten Saves. You know, if you want to hear more of my voice, you can find me here at Happy Jacks on Sundays before this show playing
0: <laughs> that. Pinnacle
3: character that we were talking about yeah. earlier who doesn't have a lot of ties outside of the game <laughs> but like as soon as someone comes for her people is going to throw oh. down
2: <laughs> yes <laughs>
3: oh, back to me i'm your name okay. again that's
2: right uh, oh. it says host names again again, <laughs> again. Yeah, i mean we
3: already went through host names we again so it. now it's your turn and let's it,
2: it's my turn is i'm you? i'm Inge. you can follow me at john ingy j-o-n-e-n-g-e dot card, dot co we're hopefully going to leave you with a song. I don't really know where the music is on this thing. It's, hopefully, it's, it's already set up. Yeah, in, it'll go. So, this is Toss a Coin to Your Witcher by the Mary Sue's on happyjacks.org. Toss a coin to your witcher, O oh valley of plenty,
1: O valley of plenty, oh. Valley of plenty, oh. A coin to your witcher O valley of plenty When a humble bard
3: Graced a ride
1: along With Geralt of Rivia Along came this song When the white were fought Silver-tongued devil His army of elves At his feet they did revel They came after me Masterful deceit Broke down my loot And kicked in my teeth When the devil's horns Minced our tender meat And so cried the witcher He can't be bleed. Toss a coin to your witcher O oh valley of plenty O oh valley of plenty oh. Toss a coin to your witcher O oh valley of plenty of the world, fight the mighty horde that bashes and breaks you and brings you to morn. He thrust every elf far back on the shelf, high up on the mountain from where they did come. He wiped out your pest, got kicked in the chest, a friend of humanity, so give him the rest. That's my epic tale, champion prevailed, defeated the villain, now pour him some air. Toss a coin to your Witcher, O oh Valley of Plenty, oh Valley of Plenty, ho! Oh. Toss a coin to your Witcher, O oh Valley of Plenty! This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information, and to find all our streams and podcasts.